Hello and welcome to the very first Risk and Information Governance podcast. My name is John Lawson, the Chief Risk Officer, and today I'm going to be talking to you about preparations for the General Data Protection Regs and where we are. We're going to talk about uh, progress with the strategic risks for the organisation. Uh, we'll have a look at some uh, lessons that have been identified over the last couple of months with information governance and have some advice. And finally, some of the consultations that we've got going on at the moment that we'd like you to feed back to us on. Okay, so let's start with the uh, the general data protection regs. Um, most of you will be very familiar with the uh, the Data Protection Act. It's been around now for quite some time, probably about best part of twenty years, uh, and it has now been updated uh, through our European Union colleagues uh, by a thing called the General Data Protection Regulations. Now these will come into force in the UK uh, almost certainly as the T Data Protection Act 2018 um, and this will happen on the 25th of May of this year. So my team has been working really hard over the last 18 months to make sure that we are ready for that uh, and uh, all I want to do is just bring you up to speed with a few things and just give you some ideas. First and foremost, what I want to say is that in all, uh, in all honesty, the majority of you will see no difference. The majority of you will not have to do anything different to the way you work at the moment. You all understand the importance of confidentiality. You all understand what you have to do to make sure that data and information is secure. Um, and none of that will change. What is changing is at a system level, where we have to conduct certain things, we have to have new processes in place, we have to have slightly more information to give to people, uh, and we have to be a bit clearer on, on what we're doing and why we are doing it. So let's go from the top. Um, one of the biggest uh, differences that is going to come with the General Data Protection Regs is the requirement for a thing called a privacy impact assessment. Um, now, these are also known as data protection impact assessments, uh, and it's what the Information Commissioner uh, refers to as privacy by design. Now, the intention with this is that we will be able to design uh, privacy into any new systems where we are going to be using or likely to be using uh, personal data uh, personal data, of course, being anything that can identify a, a living individual. This also includes patient data, it includes staff, it includes service users, and everything else. Slightly more complicated in public health Wales because obviously we will, we don't only deal with living individuals, we also deal in, on occasions with the deceased. So uh, it will cover all of those. But the privacy, the idea of a privacy impact assessment is that will it will make us think how what we are doing is going to impact upon the privacy of individual people. And that's the important part. We've done a lot of work on this over the last 18 months and we've tried to make sure that we have got the process down so that it is as least bureaucratic as we can make it. There are briefly two stages to this. This first one is a very simple screening tool which we ask you to, to use and to look at and say, well, there are eight questions to answer. If you have to, um, if you answer yes to any one of those eight questions, then you need to go on to do a full 
privacy impact assessment. And those eight questions are asking things like, what are you going to do with data? Are you going to do something different? Is there going to be personal data here? Is it anonymized? All those sorts of questions. Um, so we'll ask you to do that. And then you need to go into the full assessment. And the full assessment includes things like risk assessment. It includes things like looking at data protection principles. How will you comply with them? Um, what security measures have you got in place? And so on and so forth. It really is not as onerous as it sounds. Um, and my team will be there, of course, to help uh, with anybody who needs to do it. But as I say, the majority of you are not going to have to do this. You may be asked to contribute to it because of your knowledge but you're not going to have to take part. You're not going to actually have to develop it. Uh, but those that do, we will be there to assist you. There's a new procedure has just been released. It's going live within the next week or two. Once we've got everything finalized, it's been approved uh, and you will be able to read that procedure and follow it. Then come to my team and we will be able to help you. Another thing that's going out at the moment, we have a uh, we've developed a generic privacy notice uh, for the organisation. At the moment, people tend to use their own a privacy notice. You've all seen these yourselves. It's the notice you get from your bank, your building society, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, where they tell you what personal data they're collecting from you, what they're going to do with it, who they're going to share it with, and so on. We're no exception, and we've done that. Uh, but what again, what we're trying to do is to cut down on the paperwork on this, cut down on the bureaucracy on it, and give as many people a generic privacy statement uh, as we can. So that, again, is out for consultation at the moment, uh, and we are asking for some comments back from the Information Governance Working Group, uh, and we will hopefully be releasing that for use across the organisation in the next couple of weeks. We've looked at um, what's called our legal basis, uh, for processing information because in the, in the past we have um, historically gone uh, out to people and said well look do you mind if we use your information we want to use it to do this have you got any objections and we look for consent. Now the General Data Protection Act makes it very clear that we can't rely on consent because the bottom line is we cannot provide a health service to people if they don't allow us to use their information. So if we're saying to somebody can we have your permission to do this? If they say no, we have to say, well, in that case, we can't do this for you. So in effect, we're saying to them, well, you can't have your health service unless you give us this. It's not free consent. So the General Data Protection Act recognizes that and says, well, no, you can't do that. That's, that's not fair. It's not transparent. It's not clear. The reality is that in our establishment order, we are actually set up in statute in order to do certain things. And that is our legal basis for doing this. We have a massive public interest responsibility to do all of the work that we do. Uh, so in almost every case, we don't ask people's consent. This is made clear in the privacy notice, uh, and we're trying to make sure that, that people understand that in the nicest possible way. Uh, but we are doing it so that we so that we can be clear and we can be transparent with people and make sure that they understand what they're doing. So we reviewed all that. And again, on the odd occasions where we use consent, and it really is odd occasions, uh, then we are we're dealing with that separately. Another area that we've worked hard at um, over the last couple of months, and some of you are, are sharing the pain on this one, is the question of contracts. So where some of you have got contracts with uh, what we would call third-party processors, we're now having to deal with those and go out to them and get them to agree that they've got to fulfill some quite clear responsibilities because previously they haven't had to. Now it makes a bit of a difference. 
So that's all the work that's going on with us at the moment. That's a real whistle stop tour. But I mean, if you wish to have anything further, then please come and talk to anyone on my team uh, and they will tell you about it. But what I will say to the majority of it is keep doing the way, keep working the way you're working. Keep doing what you're doing. Treat your information with, with, with respect. Treat it in confidence. Deal with it the same and you were not going to go far wrong. We got a new training package which is going to be developed over the next few weeks. We're just trying to finalize that with uh, the rest of the, the Welsh organizations. Once that's in, then the new training package will reflect the general data protection regs. But please don't listen to all the media hype on it. Even the information commissioner herself has said this is not another Y2K. The information commissioner is not waiting for the 25th of May to come round to Public Health Wales, kick in the back door and say, right, where's your problems? That's not going to happen. Keep doing the work you're doing, keep supporting us, and we will be perfectly compliant with the general data protection regs. So to move on to consultations, we've got um, we've got two um, real consultations out there at the moment that we're asking people to, to come back to us on. One is the uh, the consultation which has come in externally from the Information Commissioner's Office. Uh, the ICO is asking us to, or asking all organisations to comment, they have produced guidelines, final guidelines, on the development of privacy impact assessments. Uh, so we're asking, uh, we've sent this out to Information Governors Working Group members asking for comments. Uh, if anybody would, else would like to see that, it isn't on the consultation database because the timescales are just too tight. Uh, we've only had it a couple of days and the, we have to respond by the 13th of April. Uh, and of course, Easter is falling in the middle of that as well. So it's gone out to Igwig, but it won't be going any further. If you wish to see anything or discuss that with us, please give us a call. And the other one that we have got going out at the moment, as I said earlier in the podcast, is the um, the privacy statement or the privacy notice, which is generic to Public Health Wales. So that is out for, for Information Governors Working Group members to look at. You've all got representatives on the Information Governors Working Group. Uh, if you would like to have a look at it or would discuss it, then either get in touch with my team or speak to your people uh, on the Information Governance Working Group. But don't forget, you can always reach our team uh, on uh, on the any of the numbers that are on the intranet. Okay, so let's move on to lessons learned then. And uh, this is something that's going to be a regular feature of this podcast, where we're going to be able to share some lessons uh, that have been uh, identified uh, across the organisation. And the thing I want to talk to you about today concerns the use of email. So firstly, um, we deal, uh, as a team, we deal on a regular basis with uh, a thing called a subject access request. Now, a subject access request is where a uh, anybody, any person can make a request to an organization, in this case to us, uh, to have a copy of any information that uh, that organization holds about them. Now, a lot of people think, well, this relates to um, contracts, it relates to minutes from meetings, it relates to personnel file and so on and so forth. What a lot of people don't realize is it also relates to emails. So for example, if you are a manager and you're dealing with a grievance or a disciplinary and you are writing an email to your manager or to somebody else in the organization that identifies the person involved and gives some information about the person involved, then that person is entitled, if they make a request under subject access, they are entitled to a copy of that information. 
They may not be able to get a copy of the whole email because if there's things in there related to other people, well, they can't have it and we can take that out. But we cannot stop them having a, a copy of the information that you have provided about them. They can request them and we have to then go through a fairly protracted process via NWIS to request the, uh, the information, to request the emails. We have to go through them and examine them and then we have to, once we've taken out what they're not entitled to, we have to submit to them what they are entitled to. Now it's important to note as well that no matter what you might think and if it might cause embarrassment or it might cause awkwardness or it might be difficult, that is not a ground for being able to say we will not disclose this information. If the information is there, unless there are very, very compelling reasons, we cannot withhold it. We have to give it to them. And more importantly, that is only the start of it. That's just the subject access request part. If in subsequent times that person does go on to, for example, to an employment tribunal, then their legal team or in fact the court are entitled to ask for copies of everything and in that case we don't even get to redact a lot of the information we have to provide them with everything so what's the lesson to be learned from this then well the lesson to be learned is simply this so don't commit something to an email don't write something down in an email that you're not prepared for that person to read because at some point in the future we may be required to allow them to read it. Okay, and the last thing I want to talk to you about with emails um, is the, a perennial problem. There are only two types of people in the world. Those who have sent an email to the wrong person and those who haven't done it yet. We all do it, we've all done it, we all will do it again, without doubt. It happens, it's an easy mistake to make, but the consequences can be far-reaching. There's no easy fix to this. The reality is that we all send emails. We, we spend half our life emailing people. Uh, and the reality is that with the hundreds of, that we send every day, we are probably going to make a mistake. All that we can say to you is to keep on reinforcing the need to be vigilant. Don't be vigilant because you think it's an important email or because you think it's a confidential email. You need to be just as vigilant when you're sending an email about something fairly banal. It's only when you start being vigilant all the time that you will get the habit of checking. So the lesson there then is to check, check and check again. Always check your email before you send it no matter who you're sending it to, no matter what it is, look in that two box, look in that CC box and see if there's something there that shouldn't be there. If it doesn't look right on a first glance, look a bit more carefully because if it doesn't look right, the chances are it isn't. Lesson, vigilance. We will talk a lot more about email security and information security in future podcasts because it is a critical uh, element of our information security programme. Okay, so we're going to move on then uh, to uh, just to cover off the uh, the last part, which is to talk to you briefly about the strategic risks. Now, it's not very often that you will hear people use the word exciting and risk management in the same sentence, but at the moment, that's what we're doing. So this year, I've been able to facilitate a couple of workshops for the board under the, uh, the leadership of John Williams, the chair. And what we have managed to do is to identify the seven 
strategic risks. These are the big risks that will stop the organization achieving what it wants to do at that strategic level. What will actually topple us off our strategic priorities? These are the real big hitters when it comes to the risk management system. So we've done that this year, but not only that, what we've also done is we have set the organization's risk appetite out in a statement of risk appetite, which is going to go through the organization. So what does this mean to you on the ground? Well, it's very important because what it does mean is that you now have a very clear understanding at all levels of what level of risk you are able to take. You understand now what the direction of travel is for the organization in relation to its risks. You know what priorities we've got and you know what the risks are that are going to affect those priorities. What you will be doing now, and I'll be working with you with my team, we'll be coming around to all the divisions and directorates over the coming months. What we'll be doing now is aligning your risks to the strategic risks. So there is a clear line of sight between the strategy in the IMTP and the risks on the ground that are going to affect the business. This is real joined up risk management, and this is what we've been trying to achieve. This is what we've been working towards for the last two years. So, yeah, I make no apologies for calling risk management exciting because at the moment it is. This is going to take us to a whole different level. We will be coming out to see you over the next couple of months. Uh, and by the I'm planning that by the end of May, we will have all of this wrapped up. You will understand your risks. You will understand your uh, your appetite and your tolerance levels for those risks. The action plans will be in place and we will have good assurance that we are managing our risks at every level throughout the organization. So watch this space, watch your management teams, because we will be coming to you in the near future. Okay, so that's about it for the first ever Risk and Information Governance podcast. Now, as I said earlier, my plan is to make this a monthly uh, offering, um, but I need some feedback from you as to what you would like. So please email me uh, at john.lawson at wales.nhs.uk or you can email or contact any of the team. Talk to us. Tell us what you want. Tell us what information you would like to hear about. We can do some information on more on the GDPR, on specifics. We can talk about particular information security issues. We can talk about awareness of different things. There's little limit as far as information governance is concerned and risk, what we can tell you. All we need to know is what do you want out of it. So for the time being, thanks very much for listening. If you have any feedback, please contact us. But it's been good talking to you. This is John Lawson, I'm the Chief Risk Officer. And the music was provided by Scott Holmes.